0: Hello friends, I am your friend Dr. Aditi Jain, I am a consultant psychiatrist based in Mumbai. Today I want to talk to you something about depression. The reason why I thought of creating this episode in the first place is because I find depression as a term being used rather loosely in day to day conversations. Uh, there are a lot of myths prevalent in the society about what depression is. Which creates a lot of misunderstanding and most importantly it prevents uh, clients from seeking treatment even though it's uh, absolutely required. So I thought it's very important to clarify some of the myths related to depression. So I'll be taking them one by one. The first myth is depression and sadness are the same. Well that's not the case dear friends. All of us uh, face stressful situations in our lives on a day-to-day basis, which may be disturbing. Obviously, when things don't go as we plan, we tend to become sad or upset. Let's say a student who is not able to score well in an exam may become upset for some time, may not feel like eating anything, or you know somebody says something to you which you don't like. So mood is let's say you have to cancel a plan jase abhi corona ki wajase, all of our plans have gone for a toss wo sab depression hai kya? many a times you hear your friends saying ki yaar, depression aara hai but actually what happens is that in most of such situations you have a capacity to snap back to normal let's say you watch some good series on the Netflix or eat a tasty meal or listen to your favorite music or do something that really works for you, you know, you talk to a close friend or you go on a long drive, Uh, whatever it may be, I mean, whatever works for you. But actually, in most of the cases, your mood actually changes for the better. So, this is a kind of a temporary sadness which all of us face from time to time and we have a capacity to snap back out of it it's not depression depression friends is a clinical disorder the diagnosis of which is based on the basis of criteria which are given in diagnostic and statistical manual which is followed worldwide latest edition of it being the DSM-5 So that's a standard which is followed while making a diagnosis of depression. And among those criteria, there are nine. It's actually a total of nine criteria out of which five or more have to be present in a client, in a patient for a minimum of two weeks to be able to make a diagnosis of depression. So depression as a term should not be used loosely so out of these nine the first criteria is that the patient should have depressed mood most of the day nearly every day obviously depression hai to sadness of mood toh, but it's a very pervasive kind of sadness which is present throughout the day nearly every day so that's what is important the second important symptom is a markedly diminished interest or pleasure in all activities most of the day, nearly every day you know which the client once upon a time used to perceive as very pleasurable the third is it has an impact on the weight there could be a significant weight loss when not dieting or a weight gain so there could be a change of around 5% of the body weight in the last month or a decrease or a de- increase in appetite nearly every day. In children it could be uh, a failure to you know, reach their expected weight gain. The next symptom is about sleep, there could be insomnia or hypersomnia nearly every day. Insomnia means there is a lack of sleep whereas hypersomnia means there could be an increase in the amount of sleep the next one is a technical term which is known as psychomotor agitation or retardation which means that there are subjective or objective feelings of restlessness or being slowed down the next symptom is fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day Next is, feelings of worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt, which may be delusional at times, nearly every day, and it's not merely self-reproach or guilt about being sick. The next is it could be a diminished ability to think or concentrate or indecisiveness nearly every day, either by subjective account or by observation of others or recurrent thoughts of death it's not just a fear of death it could be in the form of recurrent suicidal ideation without a specific plan or a suicide attempt or a specific plan for committing suicide and all these symptoms would cause significant impairment in social, occupational and other important areas of functioning so itna sab kuch mila ke jab ek present hoga aur client ki life mein major change from the previous level of functioning then only it will be labeled as depression otherwise not so I think I have clarified the first myth <laughs> many a times I have heard people saying ki depression can affect only the weak you know those who are either physically or mentally weak or uh, non influential blah 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 but that's absolutely not the case Uh, be it bodybuilders or even mental health professionals for that matter they are not immune to depression so anybody anybody from bodybuilders to yoga instructors to psychologists to psychiatrists to bollywood celebrities to doctors or anybody for that matter can fall prey to depression and there is a reason for it That's because depression actually manifests due to a chemical change at the level of your brain. There are three hormones by the name of serotonin, dopamine and norepinephrine which are implicated in the manifestation of depression symptoms. So Depression doesn't differentiate between the rich or the poor or the weak or the strong actually doesn't let's take the third myth which says that depression can happen only when you have some extremely stressful situation in your life or you are into some kind of a big trouble well it may not sound to you like a myth but actually it is in all cases of depression you may not be able to trace a significant stressor Many times, you know, I have clients whose relatives would complain that uh, they are not able to identify why, you know, this person should be into depression in the first place. They tell me, doc, everything is perfectly fine. The business is running perfect. The family life is good. Financially, everything is like absolutely fine. The kids are doing fantastically well. So we are not able to identify why... Uh, such a lucky person you know would fall prey to depression well guys there is a reason for it as i told you that it's a chemical change in the brain secondly uh, such kind of a depression in which you cannot identify any stressful situation which can be directly attributed to as the cause such kind of depression is known as endogenous depression many a times there is a family history so there is a genetic component to it Uh, in fact at times a seasonal change uh, could be you know implicated in manifestation of depression so you stand a higher chance of developing depression during winters because there is less of sunlight and uh, you know which again leads to fluctuations in the level of certain hormones in the brain so the bottom line is that you need not have a strong stressful situation always. The next one is interesting. People have doubts whether depression is actually a real illness in the first place. I mean, uh, they feel it's kind of a jargon that has been uh, you know, going on and on and on. Uh, and they have a valid explanation also for that I mean uh, for most of the physical I mean for all of the physical illnesses uh, let's say for uh, example uh, for diabetes mellitus if you have to establish the diagnosis you have to have certain investigation done okay you order the blood sugar levels the fasting um, and the postprandial uh, blood sugar levels are deranged and the um, HB1AC levels etc etc all that is deranged and therefore you come to a conclusion that this person is suffering with depression uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry uh, diabetes mellitus but depression aisa nahi ho hai. Uh, toh, I mean you go to a um, psychiatrist or a counsellor they talk to you for half an hour and uh they tell you that you are suffering with depression and they uh, tell you that this is the line of treatment, these are the treatment options available. So, what is I mean, how to trust whether actually something is there or not? So, guys, uh, at the level of brain, definitely changes are there, as I have already told you, the changes in the hormone levels. But so far, we don't have a simple blood test, you know, which will clinch the diagnosis of depression so it is the diagnosis is on the basis of the subjective feelings the subjective history that is given by the client and the observations in the physical demeanor that are made by the psychiatrist or the relatives or uh, the therapist so CT scan, MRI, blood test yeh sab ki zarurat and it is not going to give any information which will clinch the diagnosis of depression sometimes you know clients will get upset ki uh, investigation to karwaya hi but actually from a therapeutic or from a diagnostic point of view in cases of depression investigations are not at all required unless there is some medical cause which is suspected to be the cause of depression for example in thyroid disorders for especially uh, hypothyroidism wherein the testing is recommended because uh, in these cases the depression may be reverted with the correction of the th- thyroid hormone levels otherwise in every case testing or investigation of blood test CT and MRI, these are not required. Oh, the next myth says that uh, it's all in the head. Well, it's not just in the head as we have seen. There are a lot of bodily symptoms which are seen in depression and there is a reason for it. Our mind and body are closely interlinked. So, loss of appetite or changes in appetite and sleep patterns is very common fatigue weakness loss of energy these are very commonly present in depression so it's not just in the head it involves the body as well myth number six males are immune to depression well that's not the case females definitely are more prone because of their biological makeup but according to research the chances of committing suicide are much more in males that's because the suicidal attempts that they make are more violent and many times the attempts are under the influence of some addictive substance for example alcohol so if a male reports to you of depressive symptoms or anybody for that matter reports of suicidal ideations that has to be taken seriously myth number seven If your parents have depression, you will definitely develop it. Well, that's not the case. Studies have proved that if one of your parents is suffering from depression, you stand a 10 to 25% chance of developing depression. So still, there is a 75 to 90% chance that you will not develop it. So if one of your parents or two of your parents have depression, you will definitely develop depression. That's not true obviously you stand a chance but uh, you will develop depression uh, cannot be proved myth number 8 very important one if i take medication for depression my personality will change forever i'll feel sleepy all the day i'll put on weight uh there is a lot of phobia about, uh, you know, antidepressant medications. Well, in that case, I tell my clients what I'm saying. When you have a vitamin ki deficiency in your body, you are afraid vitamins. Lene se ho. Then why so much misunderstanding about uh, antidepressants? See, definitely, there are medications that have sleepiness as their side effects, but most of the times it is a desirable side effect because depression may sleep pattern disturb. So, obviously, if a drug is causing uh, sedation, that's a beneficial effect for a few days uh, at least. And jo, Weight pe effect hota hai. that's because there is a loss of appetite in most of the cases of depression. Once the depressive symptoms start reverting due to the use of antidepressants, to weight obviously because the appetite has been restored to the normal. So it's kind of a restoration of a, of the normal rather than a gain. I am not denying weight that it is absolutely there due to some medicines. But we are fortunate enough that we have ample of medicines these days. We have ample of options available. And according to the profile of a particular client, the medications can be given. So, you don't need to be afraid of the side effects of medications. And because of treatment may delay, Treatment because to do that. You should not have a preconceived notion in your mind. Let me give you an analogy to explain this. Suppose there's a small girl, you know, she's stuck in a room and uh, the room catches fire. So, in that case, what will be your priority? Your priority will be to extinguish the fire. At that time, we will not think uh, that as a consequence of pouring water on the girl or you know, uh, the measure to, uh, whatever measure you will take to save the girl, uska aage जाके effect kya होगा woh ap nahi sochoge na, matlab, ye nahi sochoge ki usko sardi ho jayegi, because at that point, ज़्यादा important kya hai, bachche ki jaan bachana so same is the case with antidepressants depression it's a very disabling illness जिसका treatment होना चाहिए तो side effects से डर के आप अपने आप को treatment से वंचित मत रखिए because it's very important side effects जो भी होते हैं वो manageable होते हैं और permanent होते हैं ऐसा कुछ भी नहीं है जैसे गैस्ट्रिक साइड इफेक्ट्स होते हैं एसिडिटी वगैरह होती है तो उसके लिए मेडिसिन ऐड कर दी जाती है एंड देयर आर ऑप्शंस वेरियस काइंड ऑफ ऑप्शंस अवेलेबल आजकल जो कि यू नो यू कैन गिव अकॉर्डिंग टू द प्रोफाइल ऑफ साइड इफेक्ट्स की, uh, you know, so, की वजह से ट्रीटमेंट से and uh, for all the patients medicines will be required bhi hai. Uh, if you fall into the category of mild to moderate depression many a times counselling is the only thing that is required a few sessions of counselling but if it's a severe kind of depression counselling will not work unless you know depression has been treated firstly with medicines so, it is not that in her case, counseling is counseling and in her case, mein medicine is coming. So, in the severe cases, It is a very mm, severe damage at the level of the brain which has to be treated with medicines, otherwise, counseling abuse ka is not going to be done. Let me give you an analogy to explain this. Let's say there is a person who has fractured his leg. So, में आप क्या करेंगे उसको एडवाइस करेंगे उसको एडवाइस So the regimen is कि पहले आप उसको प्लास्टर लगाएंगे में रखेंगे for a period of six weeks and then उसको धीरे-धीरे करके रिहैबिलिटेशन करवाएंगे same is with depression, which I am talking about severe cases. What happens ki it's kind of a fracture of your mental faculties, your cognition, your emotions. So you have to restore the levels of the hormones first by giving medicines. You have to give it some time to heal and then only you can think about counselling for such clients so straight away counselling karna in cases mein bilkul bhi helpful nahi because they are not in the right frame of mind it's kind of a fracture of their mental faculties first you have to give them some time for healing and then only the counselling will work counselling friends is not a one way job it needs active participation uh, of the client you know actually it's the work and the counseling has to be done by the client only the counselor is just a guide all right so pehle usko heal hone do uske baad counseling but that's not true for all of the cases jo mild or moderate category they can unko counseling help kar sakti but jo severe depression cases hain usme pehle medicines and then counseling and medicine both okay or myth is that once I start taking medicines for depression, I will have to take them lifelong. So, that's absolutely not true. For the first episode of depression, 6 to 9 months of medications are required. And if at all there is a second episode, which is at a gap of more than 3 to 4 years, usme medicines leheni hoti se chai se it's not that you will be taking medicines lifelong there is only a very very minor fraction of the patients uh, who have a very resistant and relapsing uh, and recurrent kind of depression jinn mein ki kuch tak continuously treatment deena hota hai ya hi ek kam percentage mein hota hai lifelong bhi hai but it's not true that all uh, you know all patients who uh, take medicines for depression they have to take them lifelong. that's absolutely not true mm-hmm. one other thing is that uh, clients' relatives especially say that, uh, talking about depression makes it worse, they have a feeling so they uh, you know doctor-sahab we this negative we avoid any negative discussions we, you know, we rather uh, talk about motivation and positive thinking and uh, blah 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 but like I have before fracture analogy in all the cases positive thinking motivation meditation stage if a patient is not then someone kaam nahi you know so uh, and more so talking about depression is a way of venting out this com catharsis be bhi in psychology language the more a client talks about his or her feelings the better it is aise hi ye you know there is a misconception that if we talk about suicide uh, you know uh, in the protocol I mean it is a must for the Uh, mental health professionals to talk about any suicidal ideations you know to be able to judge whether a client has suicidal ideation or not so it has to it can be uh, put as a direct question to the client but many a times you know the relatives or the client uh, them clients accompanying persons um, they will raise a query uh, it's you know it's kind of planting this ideation into the mind of the client, but that's not true. In fact, talking about uh, you know verbalization, talking about the suicidal ideation, and if the client feels that you know there is actually somebody uh, who's there to listen, who's there to understand um, uh, what is uh, what the uh, person is going through, mm, so that will definitely work as a suicide prevention. Uh, technique it it will not lead to you know it will not plant any ideation into the mind of the client okay friends with this i come to the end of this episode i hope i have been able to clarify at least some of the myths related to depression thank you